Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's good for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's Wednesday, September 12th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, El Rey de Fantasia, FSWA Hall of Famer, Scott Angles. Scotty, how you feeling on a hump day Wednesday? With the Hall of Fame, do they give you a gold jacket, FSWA? Uh, they hit my hair. And I worked on my hair a long time, and you hit it. There you go. There you go. How you doing, Scott, here on a Wednesday? Annette, cigarette? You lost me, Scott, but it's okay. What? We're playing Saturday Night Fever music. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a little John Travolta. How did you, did you, were you rocking those, uh, were you rocking any of those suits, you know, Studio 54 and stuff back in the day? Um, I think at like six years old, I was kind of like, a little young to go to Studio 54. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, I try to not pin you down on age, Scotty. We know you had a, a birthday there. But remember, listen, me and Scott are going to make it happen here for two hours today. Blue it is out today, so Scott's going to join me. So we got a lot of time, and we are going to start to dive in on week two in terms of the week two point spread, some of the early indications of what we're looking for. Uh, we'll always keep you up to date on the news and notes. And also later on in the show, you know, for some people, your waivers run on, like, like Tuesday overnight, early Wednesday. For some of you, though, uh, waivers won't run until a little bit later on. And so we'll give you a little bit of insight for leagues where waivers have run. You know, how much are some of these guys going for that we talked about yesterday? The Philip Lissies of the world, the Brandon Marshalls of the world. You know, who knows? Maybe people are spending money on Jared Cook. And you need to be able to maybe increase or decrease your uh, bids to, you know, maybe have some context for that. So we'll look in on those a little bit later on as well. Also got to let you guys know, so many 
ways to join the show, okay? You can always hit us up at 844-843-6879. You can follow us on Twitter, at ScottyRotoX, at Spittin' Speeds. And we're going to put a poll question up as well, okay? Listen, Scott, as you know, yesterday uh, and Monday were kind of like overreaction madness. I had people being like, should I trade this guy? And I'm like, no, he was your third-round draft pick. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, oh, should I drop Amari Cooper? No, okay? I understand he defecated the mattress, but come on. So, uh, Scott, are you getting some of that also on your Twitter? I'm telling people two things this week. Don't just trade just to trade and calm down. It's only been one week. Yeah, a lot of it I'm getting like, you know, should I cut certain injured players like like Doug Baldwin? And it's not like Doug Baldwin's lost for the season, I think. You know, you want them for later in the year. So I'm getting a lot of questions like that, or a lot of people just tinkering with their lineups a lot. Like in the Roto Experts exclusive edge in season fantasy football package, we have a Slack chat where you can talk directly to us. And, you know, there's one guy who, like, you know, constantly adding and dropping, adding and dropping. Right. He's tinkering with his team so much, you never get settled with anything. You, gotta, you can't second guess yourself to death. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Scott, and I really think that's like the moral of the story at this part of the season, you know, and I think it's this, Scott. Tell me if you agree. I mean, people get so excited about drafting, you know, and people are drafting, and if you're in a lot of leagues, right, you spent most of August getting players. You know, you probably, if you're a big-time fantasy player, you probably literally spent the last, oh, I don't know, Scott, maybe five weekends, right, you know, drafting or managing a team, trying to trying to build your team. And so you're kind of still in that mold and really feel like this is what I do. And then it le- leads to just over-tinkering, <clears throat> as you said, making trades just to make trades. You put in all that prep work to get your guys. Now, I understand if you lost, say, Delaney Walker, you have to adjust. But just... Just because, you know, Chris Hogan went one for 11 doesn't mean you throw out everything you've heard about Chris Hogan and go for like Corey Coleman, who the, who the Pats just picked up on waivers. I think it's completely out of control. And I keep telling people that, but they don't want to listen. But hey, I got a, I got a good question for you because you mentioned uh, about Doug Baldwin as an example of this, you know, and nobody is plugged into the Seahawks more than you, Scott. But um, Derek Davis hit me on Twitter and asked me if Brandon Marshall, in essence, serves as a quote-unquote handcuff to Doug Baldwin. You know, I was on Freestyle yesterday, Scott, and I was telling people I really like Brandon Marshall, not only because of the Baldwin injury, but because Marshall is going to play that red zone target. You know, he's a big body, whereas, you know, Lockett and even Baldwin are not that. They lost Jimmy Graham. So I was hyping up Brandon Marshall as one of my waiver wire ads, right? And this guy was asking me, is he really a handcuff? Talk to me about this, Scott. Is there such a thing, really, as a wide receiver handcuff? It's not like the running back handcuff, whereas one guy steps gets injured, another guy definitely steps up and takes takes that role. Because even with Doug Baldwin back, Brandon Marshall is still going to have a role. It's a reduced role. In concept, it is like a handcuff because if Doug Baldwin is out, Brandon Marshall is going to get more targets. But when Brandon, when Doug Baldwin comes back, Brandon Marshall will still have a role, but it'll be it'll be reduced. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, also, I saw a piece of news out of there on Seattle as it relates to the wide receiver position. Um, they're considering uh, moving C.J. Proceis 
a little bit to wide receiver. We've seen this before, Scott, this idea of, you know, maybe someone like Ty Montgomery switching positions. CJ Pro, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, back in Notre Dame, uh, did play wide receiver, you know. So uh, might they go in that direction if they need someone else at wide receiver? Uh, you know, he's already deep on the depth chart behind Penny and uh, Chris Carson. Do you think there's any potential there if they need bodies uh, at the wide receiver group? Nothing to see here fantasy-wise. Uh, you know, would, would become a gadget sort of player. Mm. Uh, you know, C.J. Procise, you know, had the opportunity last year where he had all, did all the injuries, but he, he's constantly getting hurt. In his rookie year, he had two outstanding games where you were like, wow, you know. Right. You know, this guy could actually be the answer at running back, but he can't stay healthy. He just can't take the pounding. And he'll be buried on the depth chart of wide receiver, too. There's nothing to see here. Okay, fair enough. And listen, let me tell you something. If my guy, the King Scott Angle, is pouring water over something on the Seattle Seahawks, then you know it is not necessarily needed for you to get there, all right? I got to tell you guys this, though, also. I don't know if you've heard. If you listen to this network, I'm sure you have. But this Sunday in week one, Daily Roto helped produce a million-dollar winner playing DFS, okay? That makes $7 million winners. One of our subscribers hit the Millie Maker on FanDuel. Yeah, you heard that right. Seven DailyRoto.com subscriber have now won a million dollars. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium, and find out how you can party with our successful community of daily fantasy players. And if it's sports wagering that you're into, click on the Sports Betting tab. Go to DailyRoto.com slash betting where you'll be able to use the same tools and algorithms for money line picks pick against the spread game totals and use the player props tool as well you can turn that loose make sure you get on over there help you win some cash at dailyroto.com now scotty I acknowledge, right, that it's only one week. So guys like Amari Cooper, guys like Chris Hogan, we're not going crazy on. But at the same time, there are some folks that we are concerned about, and that is the poll question that we're going to put up right now, okay? My guy, Chris Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery, dilly-dilly to him an early morning. What we're asking you guys is which player are you most concerned about? The options are... Alex Collins, Amari Cooper, and Travis Kelsey. We're also going to have an other um, option there to see if you have other folks that you are concerned about. Maybe a Kareem Hunt, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, whoever it is that really defecated the mattress for you. But, Scotty, of those options, who would you be most worried about, Collins, Cooper, or Kelsey? And then I'll tell you my answer. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to say uh... – I'm going to say Collins because if he continues to put the ball on the ground, you know, they're going to reduce his reps. You know, fumbling has long, been long a problem for, for him that he was able to curb for an extensive stretch last season. That's what got him back in the lineup. So I'm worried about Collins, you know, in a blowout of that type when he only had 13 rushing yards, not good. Yeah, I hear you. I guess here's the thing. I, I wasn't that worried about Collins because, as you mentioned, what do you have, something like 13 attempts? They were letting their bench guys get in because it was such a blowout, that Baltimore game over Buffalo. You know, Lamar Jackson started getting packages towards the second half. Kenneth Dixon. They, they just let a lot of people touch the ball. I wonder if Baltimore is in a closer game, which I anticipate them being in as week two kicks off tomorrow night on Thursday night football. In a closer game, you don't think Alex Collins gets more volume and thus more production. I understand the fumbles, but uh, you don't think that you know his volume will be much bigger in a uh, closer game? We can't disqualify the impact of the fumbles saying I know about sure. the fumbles. If he fumbles within his first three carries 
and it's a close game, and you know the other team kicks the field. a field goal or, st- or scores a touchdown. You know he's not going to be in there, so it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what the score is. It didn't last. It didn't matter last week that he got pulled out. Okay. Um, when when you talk about Kelsey, that intrigues me. I got to tell you the truth, Scott. The guy I think I might be even more worried about in Kansas City is Kareem Hunt. Listen, you pick Kareem Hunt as a first round pick, and now listen, he's gonna get production. We saw this Chiefs offense. My fear would be that the Chiefs offense you know, is just an approach and scheme and what they are trying to do with Patty Mahomes is different than last year and that they're going to be more stretched in the field. They're going to put the ball in Mahomes' hands and then Kareem Hunt just won't have the value to lead the league in rushing like he did his rookie year. You also saw Spencer Ware in there as well. So I'm a little bit concerned about Kareem Hunt based on the, you know, kind of the place where you drafted him in the first round. Tell me why you're worried about Kelsey. Uh, I'm not personally worried about Kelsey. I think oh. other people might be. I see. Uh, you know, I, I think I think other people certainly might be. But hey, if somebody's panicky, buy low on. Oh him. yeah, you, know, you can't you can't overreact to week one. The game plan's not going to be the same every week, especially with Patrick sure. Mahomes, because opposing defenses are going to draw up schemes to say, hey, you know, it's like you know, Let's show take Tyree Kill away. Take, show us you can complete high percentage passes mm-hmm. and spread the ball around. So he's going to have to do that. Yeah, I agree with that, Scotty. I had a lot of people asking me about Sammy Watkins as well in that vein. And I was like, listen, it's only week one. What do you think about my kind of uh, take on Kareem Hunt? I, I, Out of all these guys, he's the one I, I might be a little concerned about, not because of just week one, but because the Chiefs may be, you know, trying to trying to be different on offense than what we saw last year. I think it's overreaction to game flow. If okay. uh, you're that worried about Kareem Hunt, you know he's well, not that he can, worried. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> if, if uh, I'm, I'm not saying you, I'm saying you know, gotcha. if other people are really worried about Kareem Hunt. You know, not every, not everybody's going to blow up every week. Kareem Hunt's going to be just fine. Yeah, I agree. And the other option we talked about here is Amari Cooper. Now, listen, here's here's something that I think. I'm not going to overreact, but and I will put as my disclaimer that all last season I was low on Amari Cooper. I've been telling people that Michael Crabtree was a better receiver for the better part of two years, okay? So I've never been an Amari Cooper fan. Going into this season, though, you know, a lot of people tried to convince me, our former colleague and best friend forever, Mike Florio, is one of them. He was in on Amari Cooper this year saying, like, oh, the number one wide receiver in the John Gruden offense always puts up big numbers, blah, blah, blah. You saw him not have a great week one, albeit against an incredible cornerback tandem for the Rams. But then we heard John Gruden say um, yesterday in his kind of uh, media availability that it's going to be harder, easier said than done to get Amari Cooper going. And then in a move that I would love to hear your analysis of, Scotty, the Raiders go out and re-sign Martavis Bryant. Yesterday. Okay. I mean, this is a guy they use a third round pick for. Then they cut him before he even plays a snap for them in the regular season. And then 10 days later, they re-sign him. It, it speaks to me that this Raiders offense is actually concerned about what they have at the wide receiver position. If they're going to go back to the Martavis Bryant merry-go-round still with a cloud hanging over him with potential suspension. So, so Scott, two questions. One, is Amari Cooper a little bit more justified to be worried about? And two, what the hell are the Raiders doing going back to Martavis Bryant? 
Well, I think people are legitimately concerned about him, Martavis Bryant signing or not. Uh, because, you know, another stinker to open the season. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking for a rebound year from Derek Carr, but, you know, now they have Denver this week. And then they got Baltimore next week. So, yeah. you know, Amari Cooper, you know, might start, you know, seeing him on benches, but I wouldn't put him on waiver wires just yet. He's got to prove that facing a tough matchup that he can at least produce respectable numbers. And until he does that, you have to be worried about him. Look, if he would have ended up with three catches for 75 yards or five for 60, uh, it would have been less worried. But I think Martavis Bryant, they're saying, okay, we really don't have a third receiver here. Uh, you know, We can't depend on Seth Roberts. We need to be able to challenge defenses more with our weaponry than we do. You know, we haven't talked about it at all, but could the Raiders be at the destination for Des Bryant? Who knows? That's interesting. The Raiders could be a destination for Des Bryant. I think he certainly also, um, Scotty, you know, like fits their, uh, their culture. Right. You know, that when it all, uh, you know, just win baby kind of they've had they've taken guys no, from no, uh, no, that no, history. No, no, no. That that culture is like has been overrated kind of thing. You know, the Raiders haven't been a good team in about 16 years. OK, but John Gruden, even in recent, you know, in the last couple of months, has signed a bunch of people who kind of maybe on past their heyday themselves, the Doug Martins of the world, going the Jordy Nelsons of the world, Marshawn Lynch. He's building, you know, a Pro Bowl team from 2009. Doesn't that Brian fit that? I think it fit that narrative, yes. Okay, just, so there just, you go. Just win, baby. You know, sure, that, that was that, the Al yeah, Davis about, Raiders of the 70s, right? Yeah, that's right? about 15 to 30, 35 years old. All right, fair enough. But, hey, yeah. what, do you think that's still the case even after they go and get Martavis Bryant? Or is Bryant the way they're kind of filling that need? I couldn't see a locker room with Bryant and Bryant. Could you? Well, maybe, you know, maybe Gruden thinks he can handle it. You know, it's – yeah, huh. I worry about Doug Baldwin being like, you know, not being coming back this year at all. And, yeah. you know, because Dead Bryant ends up in Seattle. I don't know because they already have a big receiver like Brandon Marshall. But if Tyler Lockett goes down too, I could see it. Yeah, I guess that's possible. There's a lot of ifs there, especially Tyler Lockett, yeah. um, something like that. I hear you. I hear you. So I, I digress, but we got this poll question up, Scotty, okay? At FNTSY Radio, you can get it at Scotty Roto X, at Spittin' Speeds. Which players are you most worried about, okay? Let us know. I'm going to vote for Amari Cooper, but I believe because we got that other option, if you don't think it's one of these guys, let us know who you might be worried about. All right, when we come back on the other side of the break, well, there's a couple of more pieces of news and notes that I want to bounce off the King Scott angle. And then as we close the book on week one, we look to week two. So we're going to start bringing up the early game lines and get into our early perceptions of these games when we come back. Feel free to join the fun. 844-843-6879. Roto experts in the morning. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Scotty. I don't know all the words to 
but that's all right. This is, this rocking this is, this, out. This is the Black Sabbath classic, you know, which which fits the narrative of our uh, our show today. Paranoid. Ooh, I like that, Scotty. And yes, this is Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And this week, people are paranoid, making trades just to make trades, cutting people that they drafted in the third or fourth round a mere two weeks ago because they had one bad outing. I had somebody ask me, Scott, um, should I pick up... um, Corey Coleman and drop Chris Hogan because Corey Coleman signed from the Patriots and they thought, oh, because they they brought in Coleman to replace Hogan because he had a bad week. I was like, calm down. You know, it's over. Calm that's what I call, calm what I that, call over, over overthinking it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're seeing this all over the place. Like, you know, should I drop Jimmy Graham for Will Dissett? You know, and I'm like, slow down, people. You know, everyone calm down. But here's one thing that I do think is interesting. Um, as you know, uh, the Jets put a hurting on the Detroit Lions, Scotty, on Monday Night Football after the pick six thrown by Sam Darnold. It was the Jets' defense that had five interceptions, looked like they were in Matt Stafford's head. And then there were reports afterwards that maybe they, in fact, were in Matt Stafford's head and kind of knew what was going on. There's then reports yesterday, Scott, that some of the Lions' veteran players are already a little miffed or ticked off with Matt Patricia. This idea that they that Patricia instituted too many rules, that he worked them too hard over the summer. It reminds me of like Tom Coughlin coming into a team, right? And 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 some of the vets there on the Lions are bristle were bristling at it. Um I don't know how much stock I put in this, but it does give me cause for concern on this level. I see the Lions, Scott, as one of those teams that could unravel for a rookie coach. I mean, that division, as you know, has gotten a lot better. You know, Minnesota with Kirk Cousins, Chicago with their improved defense in the second year quarterback, the new head coach. We know about Aaron Rodgers back there in Green Bay. You know, Mike Blewett took the Lions over, I be- under seven and a half, I believe, in his like over-under pool. And I kind of think Detroit could finish in last place. They go on the road to San Francisco. We saw Matt Stafford get banged up. Garrett Blunt get banged up. Now we're starting to hear reports out of the locker room. Scott, it's a little early for that in Detroit, isn't it? That causes me concern that after one loss, we're already hearing these kind of grumblings. Yeah, it definitely is concerning. And uh, from a betting perspective, you know, I think uh, you want to be going against the Lions uh, for mm-hmm. sure. But you know, Matthew Stafford, you know, he's just got to play better than that. He, he's a better quarterback than that. I think they have to give the ball to Karrion Johnson yep. a lot more here. You know, if after just one game things are falling apart, you know, Matt, Matt Patricia to me just he doesn't look right on that on those at this, on the sidelines. I feel like he's looking for Belichick somewhere. It's uh, yeah, right. It's just, just weird to see him. But uh, you know, when you, when you already hear reports like this, it's just like you know, there were two long-suffering fan bases on Monday night. I thought. You know, one got pointed in the wrong direction and one got pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming you mean the Jets are the one that got pointed in the right direction. Uh, they scored 48 points. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're talking yeah. about the Rams or something. Who knows? There were multiple games on Monday night, you know. I was, but I was I, you're, talking about that game, obviously. Uh, about fair enough. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Obviously, I'm encouraged as a Jets fan. I got to tell you something, Scotty. I just picked up the Jets' defense over the commercial break. I don't think they're going to have five interceptions. 
I'll tell you that. But they are coming back home for their home opener against the Miami Dolphins team that I don't believe in their offense necessarily outside of, you know, Kenny Stills blew up a little bit yes uh, last week. But remember, the Dolphins won that game, you know, aided by a kickoff return. I like the Jets' defense returning home for their home opener because they got pressure on Matt Stafford as well. Um, so I kind of think I'll that the Jets could be an intriguing defense for, to stream this week. What do you think about that? Yeah, I like them. I would not say Miami was aided by a kickoff return. That was part of their win. That's good That's good special teams play. The one thing I will say, I picked them up in two leagues, but as we saw with Kansas City and Los Angeles last week, you know, divisional games can often be unpredictable. Yeah. You know, I've often seen, no matter who's on the field, and you know this more as a Jet fan, a lot of high-flying Dolphins-Jets games mm-hmm. where they go back and forth, back and forth. You know, it wouldn't totally shock me if this is like a Tampa Bay-New Orleans kind of it kind of shootout that nobody expects this week. Um, that's interesting. You know, I agree with you that uh, the old the old saying, right, goes like you throw the records out the window in a division kind of game, right? Because they're so familiar yeah. and the rivalry is there. Listen, Scott, you make a good point. I mean, the first ever game I ever saw when I was like six years old, Ken O'Brien and Dan Marino combined for over 900 yards as the Jets beat the Dolphins 51-45. You certainly don't want to have any fantasy defenses in that one. But I do just think that uh, they were getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, so I like that. I don't think they're going to get five picks. When I talk about aided by the special teams, the kickoff return, what I mean more, Scott, is this. Like, if you just look at the score, right, and you see that Miami, what was it, they scored 20 points or something like that, you're like, oh, they put up 20 points. And I think you do have to factor in that, like, the offense only produced, you know, 13 points. That's the way I'm talking about. Yes, I understand, like, the kickoff return did, in fact, happen. I'm just talking about, like, the, the casual fan who does nothing but look at the score, you you know, um, it's a little bit inflated in terms of what their offense was able to do. Scotty, one other thing real quick that you mentioned that I completely agree with that I think is going underreported. I like carry on Johnson carry on my wayward son Scotty and here's why first of all if you watch that game and you know I did as a Jets fan there like he just looks he just looks uh, more dynamic when they're giving him the ball even on like inside draws you know he just has a little bit more burst than uh LeGarrette blunted. The offense looked better. He also made a very nice one-handed catch out of the backfield. I will say that. The other thing that people need to note, in my opinion at least, is don't forget LeGarrette Blunt got banged up in this game. He suffered a uh, he suffered a knee injury. So later on, when the practice reports come out, we'll see that it looked like LeGarrette Blunt was just kind of washed anyway, like he was stuck in molasses. And so, Scotty, if this turns out to be a timeshare instead of a committee in Detroit, right? And it's more just carry on Johnson and Theo Riddick. I think that's a boon to the value of carry on my wayward son, right? Yes, it is. But I think, you know, it's more the talent than anything. But I don't think we're going to completely write off LeGarrette Blunt after just one game. If he's hurt, though, if he's if he's out with injury, Scott. I haven't seen any reports that he's out an extensive period of time. No, 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 we don't know that. No, you're absolutely right. I'm saying I'm saying in that situation, then it does become a two-man timeshare well, as I don't opposed to a three-man I don't committee. Wanna, I don't want to speculate on, you know, on news that, you know, with all due respect, that is not out there. 
I think if anything okay. with Kerryon Johnson, that he wants if he you know he's going to earn more playing time to where they keep him keep him off the field. He could see you know he's a good pass catcher. You know he could start catching passes to the point right. and be more explosive than Riddick to the point where he's moving Riddick off the field too. All right. Um, yes, that is the case. I mean, right now they have reported that Legarrette Blunt did injure his knee, that he did leave the game. You know, we will get our injury reports uh, later on. The first practices of the week, we'll get those. And then later on in the week, Scotty, we'll talk to Dr. A from Inside Injuries, and we'll see. Uh, then we'll start to get a little bit more detail on Legarrette Blunt. And I'm just telling people if they want to get ahead of the game here, we both do believe that on Johnson will kind of increase in his opportunity yeah. as the season goes along. Good, good, um, trade, okay. good trade target who can yes. earn more playing time just period by you know being on the field and being who he yeah. is. Now, I'm not saying and, with Blunt that you don't have something, but we don't know whether it's a knee bruise or a torn MCL. So, But, uh, you know, irregardless, you know, Karrion Johnson is a guy that, you know, I feel I could buy low on right now in a trade. Absolutely. Um, so I agree with that. And remember, the game flow of Monday Night Football also contributed to Riddick being on the field a lot. So people are just going to see on Johnson's numbers and not know what's behind it, like we're telling you, okay, that we think he's going to increase over time. LeGarrette Blunt has some form of injury. We don't know how deep it is. Um, and that on Johnson has the ability to be effective out of the backfield. And so that could even compromise Theo Riddick. We think KJ, on my wayward son is going to grow over time. Uh, Scotty, in Cleveland, they're listing Josh Gordon now as a starter. Okay, remember last year, last week they had um, him behind the rookie out of Florida, Callaway. Um, so they're going to go Juice Landry and Josh Gordon. Does that? Uh, what's your outlook for Josh Gordon? Are you more comfortable running him out there? They are facing the Saints in the Dome week two. Ryan Fitzpatrick put up 48 points against this Saints defense. Are you uh, rolling Josh Gordon out there with confidence even more now that he is a wide receiver too? Are you moving him up in your ranks? That will be coming out this week. Uh, what do you think about these Browns wide receivers? Yeah, I'm, I'm very confident in him. You know, they've they gotten the rest. He's caught a touchdown pass. No reason not to be confident in him. I think you you definitely plug him in as at least a wide receiver three, and you forget about it. Okay. Are you uh, t- on the flip side though? Antonio Callaway is he a thing? Is he on your bench? Are you dropping him? How do you feel about Callaway? I don't think he was rosterable in the first place, even when he was listed as the starter. No, just because the guy's listed as a starter doesn't mean he should be on my fantasy team. Okay. There you go. No, I mean uh, Jeremy Curley's listed as a starter. Well, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it's the, offense, right? it's the point, though. It's like, you know, just and other fantasy players, I'm not saying you say it, you know, this guy starts, you know, should I, you know, that's why I draft him. This guy starts. That's why I have him on my right. roster. You know, just because a guy starts doesn't mean I want to have him on my fantasy team. It, it no, doesn't matter. I hear you, and I've said this a lot about the Jaguars wide receivers, you know, stuff like that. you got to think about two things. Not only this person's slice of the pie, how much of the offense they're getting, but how big is the pie in general? You know, we've talked about there's some offenses where we're talking about the number three wide receiver, like Geronimo Allison. There's some offenses where the quote-unquote starter shouldn't sniff your roster, okay? So it's not only the player and their opportunity, but it's the team that they're on and how productive they can be. One other team I want to ask 
ask you about it. Uh, we're going to hear today, Scotty, uh, Doug Peterson's going to announce his week two starter at the quarterback position. Um, I think they're going to have to go back to Nick Foles. I, I think there's no reason for them to rush uh, – Carson Wentz back. They expect him to be their face of their franchise for the next decade. So why rush it? They got their win in the week in the opener, week one against Atlanta. I believe they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. So if you're Doug Peterson and the Eagles, I, you got to think you can get past the Bucks um, with Nick Foles. I mean, you won the Super Bowl with him. I just say you can't rush Carson Wentz back at all. I would be very cautious with him. I think they're going to announce that Nick Foles is the week two starter today. What do you think? That's what a, that's what a lot of the beat reporters have said, uh, but it's you know it's for us to speculate from the outside. You know it's a medical thing, and you know maybe something we talk to Doctor A about later this week when he comes on. Uh, but it, the, you know just looking at it from the outside, if they're they're not making the decisions, one of two things: either A he's getting closer, or B you know they just they don't want to let the opponent know publicly ahead of time. So. Uh, until we hear otherwise, we should assume Nick falls, but you never know because you never know how somebody's going to heal, etc. Uh, do you think, you know, I heard reports. I, don't, I know this is the kind of narrative that I know you don't usually put stock into, but I heard a couple of reports that the Eagles got a little bit scared when they saw Aaron Rodgers go down on Sunday night and that, you know, even more reason to be cautious with their face of the franchise. You, do you, do you put any stock into any in reports like that? Uh, yeah. All I, the I more reason to be like quarterback with their franchise quarterback. Yeah. I think they're going to be cautious regardless, you know, whether, whether they see Aaron Rodgers go down or not. I think it's obvious they're being cautious. Okay. Um, you know, we talked about Doug Peterson. They said he's going to announce their quarterback for week two today. The other thing, you know, and remember, Scott, the Eagles played on Thursday, right? So we hadn't talked about them as much. We talked about them on Friday when we broke down their 18-12 to 12 victory in week one against the Falcons. But one thing that got reported, I think it was on Saturday, and we hadn't spoke much till then, and then we got, you know, we got consumed with the other week one games of the sl- on the Sunday slate. But I heard reports that Peterson is saying uh, Jay Ajayi will actually get more carries as the season goes along and that he, remember, was coming back from that foot injury, I believe. He only had 15 carries in week one, did score two touchdowns, did look like the the lead kind of back. You know, I guess they mixed in Clement a little bit. They mixed in Darren Sproles as well. But the uh, the buzz, what I heard from Peterson is what is that, yes, he will get more carries as the season goes on as he continues to get healthy from that foot injury. A, do you buy that? B, where do you see him kind of settling in around 18, 20 carries potentially? And C, are you bumping up Jay Ajayi with the thought that maybe he could be uh, more of a quote-unquote workhorse? What do you think about Ajayi moving forward? I think he's going to stay where he is for me, maybe like a mid-range to low-end RB2. Uh, I think what he's saying is, you know, we didn't even see Ajayi start last week, and he didn't right. get into the mid-flow really until the second quarter. I don't think they can overwork him. I think, you know, they can give him 15, 16 carries a game, but you have to remember, you know, this guy is degenerative knees, so they it's still going to be some sort of committee there, but he is going to be the lead guy. 
in in a in a way he's going to be touchdown dependent because if he doesn't score, you're only going to get 50, 60 rushing yards in a week. Yeah, you know, but you know we have seen Jay Ajayi in the past when he was with Miami. Kind of remind me of vintage Stephen Jackson, very powerful mm. running back who can carry people on his back when he gets ahead of steam, and he can rip up. We've seen it too with the Eagles too. He can rip off a big play at any time. So there's some upside there. I don't think the workload is going to be like in a 20 carry range, 18 to 20 carry range. But I think you should be able to depend on him as a as a mid to low range RB two in fantasy as long as they keep him healthy. Yeah, so you're comfortable with Ajayi as your RB2, and that's got to be, uh, you know, that's really what you look at it, right? You know, if you have him on your roster, you are starting him week to week. You're definitely starting him this week, and you got to feel comfortable about him week to week as your RB2. I got to let people know, Scotty, that Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast and easy payment of winnings. You can pay virtually every sport at BetDSI. There's hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Use the promo code FNTSY over there at BetDSI because they are offering a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. $1,000 guys, okay? Get an extra $1,000 with your first deposit by using the promo code FNTSY. Head on over there and start winning today. That is BetDSI.com. Scotty, when we come back after the break what we are going to do is we're going to start to dive in to these early week two lines okay and we're going to go game by game we're going to talk about the line the early line if we think it's going to move and what are we looking for in those games you know are we expecting a continued breakout from Kenny Galladay do we like our boy Chris Godwin still because Deshaun Jackson seems to be concussed and banged up as well we'll dive into the games give you some of our early reads as we continue on here on Roto experts in the morning. It's the spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll open up the phone lines too if you want to join the fun. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Come on back after the break. Dane and Scott, Roto experts in the morning. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Today, uh, what is this, Scotty? This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Sometimes I get them confused, Scotty. You know, we got FST, Fantasy Sports Today. You got the Fantasy Freestyle, our evening live show here on the Fantasy Sports Network on the YouTube channel. We got people in the stats over Pete Cypher always hitting me up. We got, you know... Best friends forever. We got the football frenzy with our guy, the fantasy executive, the closer, and Taz over there. Although I know you did beat him in the Greenwich Street Tavern League uh, this week, Scotty. I also got to let people know about yeah, fantasy don't, factor. Don't bring that up anymore because I don't. I don't oh. think he can. I don't think he can handle it. He can't take it. Yeah, he can't I, I don't, take I don't it. Think he, he got he got very upset yesterday. 
Oh, like, did he? You know, it's like, yeah, he got he got he got very upset over it yesterday, you know, and uh, you know he's. He doesn't have much to go on. Like he talks about a victory over me about from five years ago and stuff like that. To makes excuses about Levy. He, I didn't have Levy on Bell. You lost by sixty-five. You could have Jim Brown and you would you wouldn't have won. But look, I made my point. You know, I'm defending champ of the league. You know, he knows who dominates in our head-to-head matchups, and there's nothing else that needs to be said at this point. Now I could just move on from him, and you know, we can try to make the playoffs for the first time. Okay. All right. So it looks like you're moving on to other competition. Fair enough. He could have had James Conner, I guess, and it wouldn't have mattered. But regardless, Scott, Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests, okay? It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promotions like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, March Madness Brackets. So sign up today. Go on over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Scotty, you're dominating in fantasy football. Unfortunately, though, you know, the Survivor bet, we talk about these Survivor pools over on Fantasy Factor and a lot of different places. Uh, Our crew was not as good in the survivor bet, you know, you and Chris Pavona got banged out playing the Titans in knockout pools. Our guy Mike Blewett played the Saints. I got our crew through with the Ravens, but that's okay. We're going to reset that. We're going to move on. And we're also going to move on in terms of picking some of the games, okay? Blewett and I went 2-1 and one with our three picks that we gave out on air. Uh, Scotty, you went 1-2, and two, but that's all right. You're going to get right back on the horse. Uh, so let's look at some of these games, all right? And we'll make our official picks on Friday in terms of the three that we're giving out that we're going to continue to track. But this is the time where we could give some early indications, not only on the way we'd be leaning for the bet, but also, you know, what are we expecting differently in uh, fantasy action? So let's start with tomorrow's game. We got an AFC North matchup. And, Scotty, these are two teams that both kind of um, impressed us, shall I say, in the preseason, that we kind of improved our expectations on when we saw them at play in the preseason. I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. In Cincinnati, we talked about the offensive line. We talked about Eifert being healthy. We talked about maybe John Ross adding to this. We talked about the second-year breakout potential of Joe Mixon. And in Baltimore, we talked about Joe Flacco, maybe because he's got, you know, competition in his rearview mirror. Maybe it's because of the, you know, uh, the new receiving core that he has. But Ravens Bengals on Thursday night shaping up to be a much more interesting game than we may have thought about a month ago. Yeah, and you know it's it's a divisional game. Obviously, it's a sort sort of a rivalry game, not the biggest rivalry in the division, but uh, you know certainly an interesting one because you know the Ravens defense is still solid. Cincinnati's defense is solid. I think, you know, the playmaking crew, new playmaking crew of Baltimore is going to be tested more in this one. I think Joe Mixon will be tested more in this one, but, uh, right. you know, A.J. Green will get his. Yeah, and obviously the Baltimore Ravens will be tested more than they were week one against the Buffalo Bills. You know, Scotty, let me ask you something. Generally speaking, I know you don't like the big picture narratives sometimes or painting it with a broad brush, that sort of thing. One of the narratives and the rules of thumb that I've heard all the time is on Thursday night football, 
we lean towards the home team for betting purposes. You know that it's real tough on the short week to then go on the road and produce. The Bengals are at home, yet they are home underdogs. They are getting – it's only a point, right? They are one-point underdogs at home. But, you know, for this game, and also generally speaking, do you believe in that, maybe leaning towards the home team on Thursday night football because of the short week? I think I always lean towards the home team regardless, but I'm not going to sit sure. here and, you know, try to, you know, uh, dispel the narratives of this, the savvy betters here, you know, because you know, I do believe I have some acumen for that, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a Gabe Morrency or something like that. It's, uh, you know, if they, that's what they say, I think you know, that's what Vegas certainly says, you know, you defer to Vegas. Okay, uh, fair enough. So let's say let's let's take take this. You know, Baltimore impressed big time in Week One, right? But they are now going from their home opener on the road in a division game. Cincinnati was on the road, got a win in Indianapolis, coming back home with a short week. Uh, where are you leaning on this game, Scotty? Cincinnati is a home underdog, getting a point. I I think that despite the incredibly strong showing from Baltimore week one. I might lean Cincy at home here tomorrow night. Yeah, I think I might I might do that as well. Uh, I feel like ultimately it'll come down to, you know, which team can make a play. And I just feel like I feel like Cincinnati is the better playmakers. You know, they're at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, coming off of uh, you know, coming off of that game against against the Indianapolis Colts. I think you expected more offensively, but. They'll be able to get it done. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll make our official pick on that game tomorrow, right before, you know, on Thursday Night Football, because we still got to hear some things in terms of injury reports and other buzz that may happen going into this game. But let's look at some of these early slate uh, for week two. You know, we're going to get a lot of teams having their home opener. Scott, and you just said we lean towards the home team. Vegas gives the home team kind of two and a half to three points, depending on their home field advantage, regardless, as you mentioned. But I think it's interesting as we go from week one to week two, not only are people paranoid and overreacting in the fantasy realm, but I think it plays out in the betting realm as well. People have those recency bias. They're like, oh, well, last week they got beat or last week they looked really good. And I think a lot of teams now are having their home opener in week two. A lot of teams on the road for the first time and I think that needs to be considered as well like in this next game the Indianapolis Colts traveled for a non-conference road game to the Washington football team Washington looked good in their opener against Arizona they now come home I'm kind of intrigued by uh Alex Smith and the Washington passing game that they didn't necessarily need to utilize against Arizona, but now they get a plus matchup against the Indianapolis Colts secondary. I'm intrigued about guys like Jamison Crowder doing a little bit better in week two now that they're home against Indianapolis. What are your main points out of this game, Scotty? Colts and Redskins. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And, you know, the Washington defense played really, really good at Arizona last week. Andrew Luck is a bigger test. You know, but this team's not going to be able to run the ball. I don't think they'll be able to hold hold Washington down defensively either. Alex Smith looked immediately comfortable in that offense. You have a healthy Jordan Reed. You have a healthy Chris Thompson, obviously. Uh, you know, Jamison Crowder uh, was was available to him on some key passing downs. Adrian Peterson is running uh, a little bit above expectations. So, you know, very comfortable with Washington in this game. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I lean towards Washington, and right now, Scotty, it is a six-point favorite, though. Does that, is that point spread a little too big for you? I know you're leaning towards Washington. Are you okay to lay six points in this effort? It's not a touchdown yet, but six is, you know, that's kind of a big line. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think the Colts are going to be finished last in their division. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're going to start 0-2 here. And All right. I, I think Washington's clearly a better team, so I'm going to take Washington. All right, so Scotty's going to lay the points. We'll see if that's one of his, you know, best bets on Friday's show. Let me ask you one other question about this game, uh, or actually two, about both teams' running back situations. You know, I'm telling people not to overreact, but I am telling people that they can sell high on Adrian Peterson. He had a big week one, but we've seen this before with Adrian Peterson, big out the gate. Remember his debut with the Arizona Cardinals? And then kind of decreasing over time, he is an older back. Yes, he looked good and spry and fast or whatever, adjective you want, but I don't necessarily think it's sustainable. Scotty, are you with me selling high on Adrian Peterson? No, because no. I, I, don't, I don't think words sell high apply to Adrian Peterson. Anybody who's even an average football fan knows that they're getting more than they expect right now. I, I don't, when you sell high, it's about, it's about you know trading a player away because he has very widely perceived high value, and I, I don't think that's the case with Adrian Peterson. You don't think because his value you is trade as high? You, you can trade him. I don't think anybody. I I think very few people will per- perceive him as a sell high. Okay, so but under, you're you're agreeing with my underlying point that what we saw out of Adrian Peterson in Week One is not necessarily sustainable. What we will see throughout the season. I agree with that, but I don't okay. think you're gonna you're gonna get anything more from in a trade than you would have you know just prior to the season starting. Okay, and then we look over at that Colts backfield. Listen, Marlon Mack may in fact return. We're talking you talking about how Robert Turbin is a stash. Does that basically make this entire Colts backfield to stay away, maybe with the exception of your boy Naheem Hines in PPR settings? Uh, I think you always have to roster the guys and leave them on your bench. You sure. Know, in a deep dynasty league, I, I cut Devontae Booker and picked up Robert Turbin for a dollar, you know, and I'll I'll stash him and you know, I wouldn't cut Marlon Mack because he's still going to be the lead runner. But Naheem Hines is like the main guy that I want to in, invest in in a PPR league. I got him for only $4 on a $100 fab last night. And, you know, I'm not going to invest a chunk, but, you know, he's the guy that I want right now. Okay. Um, let's move on to another game, Scotty, before we hit the top of the hour. The Carolina Panthers, who are 1-0, travel to the 0-1 Atlanta Falcons. This is a division of game. Remember, Atlanta has had, uh, you know, they'll have 10, game, 10 days to rest since the season opener. They are at home. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites, Scott, in the Dome. Here's what I think is interesting. All right. The Atlanta Falcons suffered a couple of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Keanu Neal, their safety, who plays that Cam Chancellor role in that Dan Quinn defense. And also Deion, uh, Deion Jones, right? He's like yeah. one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL. Those are two big pieces of the Atlanta defense. I'm drawing the analogy. You know, Quinn was there in Seattle, right? And they run some of the same things. So that's like Seattle losing the Cam Chancellor and like the, oh, I don't know, is he the K.J. Wright or the Bobby Wagner, Scott, of that defense? But regardless, two big pieces of the Atlanta defense is gone. Does that uh, help you um, with guys like, you know, Christian McCaffrey or maybe the new kid Ian Thomas who might get in there? Um, Because, you know, you saw what uh, Dion did 
with uh, Zach Ertz limiting him in week one. Are you bumping up some of the Carolina Panthers skill performers with these two main injuries on the Falcons defense? I think the Jones loss is bigger, but yeah. you know, I'm not discounting, you know, the other loss, but Devonta KZ is a guy that they wanted to get into the lineup. And, you know, if you're going to have a backup step forward, you know, they want a guy like that. So I think they're still going to be okay. It's strong safety. Uh, you know, so you know, I think the Deion Jones is prob- probably the bigger loss there. But then again, you, you know, you saw against against Dallas last week that you know this offense is not explosive. It is what it is. It's Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton, and everything else is uncertain around that. Yeah, you know, um, how are you treating Devin Funches? I was saying, I was saying, Scott. You know, going into this season, that I was a little down on Funches, that I thought there were more options in Carolina, and he doesn't impress me as the kind of dynamic wide receiver one that most teams have. Um, what's your feeling on Funches? Is he a wide receiver three? He's on that cusp. You know, you're right when you say he's not dynamic. He certainly isn't. Uh, but with Greg Olson out again, you know, now he becomes more of that hmm. big, big target on key passing downs again. Okay, and remember, Scotty, you've always been talking about how Ian Thomas, that the, that the team likes him, that he flashed a little bit in preseason, and now he will have his opportunity. But, Scott, here, it, it reminds me of a question I got on Twitter, uh, I think, last night, you know, and to this point about, like, people overreacting, people really mis- misjudging and misvaluing players, right? I got a guy that said that he has James Conner. He's so excited about Conner, so excited about Conner. But he got offered, get this, he got offered in a PPR league, he got offered Christian McCaffrey for James Conner. And I was saying, run to the computer and accept that trade. Um, Because Christian McCaffrey is an RB1 in PPR settings. And what people are forgetting, however this Le'Veon Bell saga ends, Le'Veon Bell must play what is it's got six games i believe this year just to get the year of service credit for his free agency and unlike ezekiel elliott last year where it hovered over him and the games that he ultimately missed were at the back end of the season your fantasy playoffs Le'Veon bell this year is the exact inverse of that i don't care how long Le'Veon bell holds out he will be back by week nine or ten and he will be the starting running back for the pittsburgh steelers can get him for a true RB1, a true wideout one, you pull the trigger on that right now. Right, Scotty? Yeah, because you know Christian McCaffrey's going to be there for all yeah. 16 weeks. You know, if he gets injured, which you can't predict, you know that James Conner is not going to be the start, the starting or just the feature back for right. the, the Steelers. A good possibility that all season, and uh, you know that'll definitely help you down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. We said it, you know, Scott, we said it all preseason, but mostly as it related to like rookie running backs, right? We said it with like Sony Michelle and Rashad Penny and even to some extent Ronald Jones. We were like, hey, don't worry about what's happening now in September. You really have to have position yourself for the strongest team for Thanksgiving and beyond. And listen, I love what we're seeing out of James Conner. I have shares of James Conner on my dynasty teams. I drafted James Conner, but regardless of how this plays out in Thanksgiving and beyond when you're making your playoff push James Conner will not be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers you know Scott I um I put up as my poll question on fantasy freestyle last night I'd love to get your take on this I said which running back do you think will start 
the most games this year for their team. And my options were Mark Ingram, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, or Shady McCoy. And I thought it was interesting because we kind of know the number for Mark Ingram. We know that's 12, right? And with James Conner, Lev Bell, we don't know how the balance will go. We know it'll add up to 16. And with Shady McCoy, it should be 16, but there's injury concerns. He's on the wrong side of 30. And, you know, the NFL could drop the hammer on him at any point in time. Who do you think will get the most starts out of those four running backs? It comes down to Ingram and McCoy. Right. Uh, if you ask me who I want the most, you know, it might be Ingram. But who's going to play the most? I can't predict whether McCoy is going to get injured or suspended. So I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to lean McCoy as the safest pick. But you know, Ingram is a guy that you know I'd probably rather rather have most of those four. And to your point about Connor, real quickly, he's a guy that puts you in a position to make the playoffs. You take it one week at a time with him. He's not a guy that maybe was going to carry you in a championship. No, absolutely, Scott. I hear you. But if you can get a real RB1 like McCaffrey back, I would pull the trigger. When we come back at the top of the hour, we will reset the headlines. And technically, we'll be fantasy sports today. It's the King Scott Angle and the spit statistician Dane Martinez. Come on right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 